What's up, my Housewives Relatable listeners? It's your girl, Stella, coming to you once again to talk about it all. Hi, guys. Happy Thursday. I hope everyone has had a good week so far. As always, you know, we have to talk about everything Housewives everything that has been going on on oh my gosh what what did what did we not have this week there's so much to discuss guys so i'm gonna jump right into it so the first thing that i wanted to discuss and talk to you guys about had to do with vanderpump rules you know there was recently an interview between stasi and Lala. Um, Stasi is no longer on the show. She hasn't been on the show for quite a few seasons, but Lala is still on the, on the show. So Stasi has a podcast. I've heard of her podcast. I know that it's doing very well. I had never listened to it prior to this interview, but I was very curious to go and listen to the interview because the tides are changing. The shift is finally there. Remember, guys, I've been talking to you about this, and I've said it's better to not be Team Ariana, Team this, Team that, because at the end of the day, people are not going to stick with Ariana for that long. Eventually, that will run its course. So you might as well just not take any team. Like, you know, I've said this extensively. I feel that what happened to Ariana was, you know, a shame. What Tom and Raquel did, you know, it was very shameful and very sad and all of that. But I've also, I've also been very vocal and said to my listeners that I did not agree with um, the crucifixion of, uh, of Tom and Raquel. I was not, um, you know, I, I, you will not be able to find a hashtag from me that says Team Ariana, uh, F.U. Raquel or anything like that. It's just not what I do. And at the end of the day, I've also said that, you know, good people can do bad things, right? So if we, we start from that concept, then there's a lot of things that you can um, not necessarily understand, but have um, understanding for, right? So, um, you can go back to my podcast, uh, sometime in March of this year, um, not right after the scandal, but just like a few weeks. I, I just wanted to let the dust settle at that point. You can go back to that podcast and listen to it. I think today it's even more relevant than it was, uh, back in March of 2023. Maybe it was a bit too forward at that point, right? But today I feel like that episode would be very relevant. So in a nutshell, um, Stasi had Lala on her podcast and, uh, well, instead of me trying to explain what Lala actually said, why don't I play the recording for you guys instead? So here it is. Happened like if people want to leave that, that's fine. But I am looked at as the girl who like deserves certain things because I'm very vocal People have seen me for many years go off. And so it's looked at as like, well, this was just humbling for you. You needed this. Lala, I completely understand this because yeah. that is just like in the first few seasons of Vanderpump Rules when Jax cheated. Then when Jax cheated with Kristen and like yeah. all of those little times, people were just like, well, you're such a bitch. Of course, you deserved it. And then you see somebody like Ariana who gets cheated on. And the whole world just like falls to her feet. And mm -hmm. it's like, wait, hold on. 
um, a lot of us have been cheated on, but we deserved it because yeah. we're we're tougher. Like, isn't that it's just so weird to watch that, like people react to different women being cheated on so differently i know it's gross and the the la times did a spotlight piece on me and they asked um this woman i think she was a a professor at columbia and she was talking about how when something like this happens you have to be the perfect victim in it you have to be neutral at all times you can't really have a past because if you have those things then you're looked at as someone who deserved it and even though it, it's not fair and it doesn't make any sense. Like, that's just the way it is. And that's why I do feel so badly for for women who have been through something mm-hmm. and they decide to share their story. You know, they do have to comb through all of these things that they may have done in their past. Yeah. Or, like, it, it just, it feels very suffocating. And yeah. so last year, or when all when Scandal happened, it was a moment where I sat there and I was like, damn, like... Ariana was cheated on and granted, like, I can't imagine it being a friend, but to be able to, like, stay in the same house and kind of, you know, the only thing you give up is just the title of things. And then, and I don't like to compare, but in that moment, you can't do anything but compare. Like, I'm I'm only human. I can only compare your experiences. Right. I was like, holy shit. Like, I really wish that it would have been just the cheating with my ex and I could have like taken time to really get my life together. Yeah. And I didn't have time. Yeah. It was like, we have to make moves now. I have too many vans. I have to get as much as I can out. I'm going to have to leave my grandmother's, you know, chest at Randall's house. I'm going to have to leave the mirrors that I was like there with my grandma when she bought, like there was so much that I couldn't take that I was just praying that I would get back. And like my one year AA chip being in the side drawer that like yeah. I just happen to not grab and you're just praying that everything is still going to be there. So there you have it, guys. Um, this this was Lala. And by the way, I have to say I'm not a big Lala fan. OK, I am not. I think she's a beautiful girl. Um, you know, she's beautiful. She's good for the show and all of that. But I just something about Lala on Vanderpump rule. I, I, I can't like it. She's just not for me. Right. I find she's beautiful, but it's just a vulgarity for like, I just can't take it. Like, I don't, I don't mind the curse, the choice words, but it's just sometimes like, you know, I don't know. Like sometimes people, I find like they're, they're just too much, you know, you're from Utah. Stop acting like you're from the streets. You're not from the streets. Okay. The streets would eat you alive. So just chill Lala. Okay. But I have to say, I have to say that I actually liked that interview between Lala and Stasi. And to be honest with you, if we could get this Lala, this Lala that speaks like this all the time, I would love it. Like give them this, give me this Lala, right? Because what she said, to me anyways, it makes a lot of sense. And I've seen online, you know, she, the interview. I don't know if people have listened to the entire interview or the, if they have listened to just this clip. But I will say that it is definitely worth it to listen to the whole thing. 
because some people are saying, oh, you know, she is salty. Her and Stasi are salty that they're not basically getting the same level of attention that Ariana is getting from this, right? So people are trying to spin it in a negative way. This is not how I received it, okay? I think that what Lala is saying is actually quite valid. The only thing that I have to say is that there is a little bit of hypocrisy coming from Lala when she says this because not from Stasi because Stasi you know she's not on Vanderpump rules uh from what i understand she has not really been involved in that whole scandal all thing right um the other ones they have returned from the dead and talked and comment about it but Stasi she has just been living her best life i think she's pregnant again and all of that right so anyways basically what lala is saying in that interview is that you need to be the perfect victim in order for, for people to have compassion for you, right? So people will react to a woman that gets cheated on depending on the type of past, uh, you know, that she has or history that she has, right? But at the same time, what Lala is asking for, although it is very valid and I agree with what she said, what she's asked, asking for, she did not extend, herself to Raquel. She did not because at the end of the day, um, Lala was on that stage and she was saying to Raquel, like all of these, she was telling, she was saying all sorts of ridiculous and hurtful words to her. She was getting like, she was very hateful at that reunion. I was not for it. I was not for it. I did not like the way she talked to that girl. Um, it was way too much. And by the way, I feel like somebody should have like done something. Like I was not happy to see Andy just stay there and say nothing. I think Lisa Vanderpump a few times, she said that, you know, guys stop, like you don't have to be like that. But I think that they could have been a bit more vocal and someone should have like stood up and said, that's enough guys. We're not going to continue this filming, the shooting of the reunion, if you guys cannot calm down. I'm surprised no one has grabbed Ra Raquel to say, listen, you don't have to take their abuse. This is too much. You don't deserve that. Everybody just kind of sat quietly and just watched this girl get crucified by a bunch of people that really cannot throw the first rock. Really. Right. And I don't care. People want to come and say, well, you know what, Stella, she cheated. Yes, I know she cheated. I know she cheated on she, she cheated with Tom and it was her best friend or one of her friends or good friend. I'm aware of that. But what I'm saying is just because she did that, it does not warrant people standing in your face and tell you that you are the lowest of the low, tell you that you are a subhuman, tell you that the worst thing that could happen to someone should happen to you, tell you to go and get yourself effed by a cheese grater. I'm not for that. And there's other accounts that are going to say, oh, well, you know, guys, remember when Ariana said all of these things to Raquel, Ariana had just learned about the affair. It was like a couple weeks after that they started taping the, I do not care. I do not care. And I will tell you why. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to make it about me and I'm not going to make it about my own experiences, but when I speak, I speak from experience. And I think I've seen someone say that in, in the comments at some point in time. And I agreed with that. Because, you know, there are some women out there that get cheated on 
every day. They're actually married. And then they, they get cheated on. The husband fathers other kids behind the woman's back. The woman doesn't even know. They're married. They have a house. They have children. And not only do you have to nurse a broken heart, but now you have to accept the fact that your man has a completely different family with another woman. There's things like that that happen to people every day. And you know what? We don't get a show for it. We don't get to get on Dancing with the Stars. We don't get to get any sorts of uh, endorsements from it. And I'm not saying that to minimize what happened to Ariana. But I do understand what uh, Lala is saying. The only thing you have to do is move out of that house, sell it, get the money, and say goodbye to that guy. You know, I never have to look at you ever again. And I'm not saying that it doesn't hurt what he did. Of course it does. But that's all you have to do. Try moving out of your home with kids without a car. There's lots of things that Ariana doesn't have to do with Tom. Lots of things. But at the end of the day, what Lala is saying it's true. You have to compare your, your experiences. And at the same time, because you compare your experiences, you also, you also have the ability to extend compassion to other people. And what I'm saying in the case of Lala, Lala, people are looking at you like the other woman. Like you said, whether it's true or whether it's not, I don't care, to be honest. But whether it's true or whether it's not, you know what it feels like to live with the public shame or with that scarlet letter or when people are looking at you sideways. And maybe in those situations, you would have wished that someone would have a little bit of compassion for you, right? And the same thing for, for uh, Sheena. Sheena, you started the whole show and then basically you were the other woman, you know, Brandy could not stand you. We saw you a little bit on Housewives. And then when you started in Vanderpump Rules, all of the girls didn't want to be your friend because they knew that, you know, you were the other woman. And then you basically had to work your way up into the group, right? So you definitely understand what it feels like to be ostracized. And you, you wish you could have just provided your own explanation to the group and for people to believe you, right? And you're going to say, I didn't know, I didn't know, I didn't know. You know, I didn't know he had like a wife. I didn't know that he had like, you know, someone in his life. He told me differently. Yeah, he told you differently. He probably couldn't spend so much time with you and probably had to leave early in the day. He probably couldn't sleep the whole night. Like, you know what I mean? There's always signs, but, you know, you say you didn't know, you didn't know. So we have to believe that you didn't know, right? So none of you can really sit there and judge this girl, you know? And even when Raquel said to Lala, you also cheated. You, you cheated with my boyfriend, what was Lala's response at the reunion? It was, well, I wasn't your friend. I was not your friend. And then she also says another word that I'm not going to repeat, right? Because I don't call women that. But she said, I was not your friend, as if that makes a difference, you know? So basically cheating is, is okay if we're not friends. Where is your compassion for this girl? That's what I'm saying. I cannot take any of them seriously, you know? Ariana... A long time ago, everybody knows it was on tape. 
she got her, you know, her, her, her puss taken care of by Lala at the back of the car. Tom was driving. Is that cheating? I don't know. And guys, I'm not judging. You do whatever you want, right? But I'm just saying, was Tom aware of this? Was it just all sudden? What are the rules of this relationship? When is it cheating and when is it not, right? I don't know. So anyways, I digress. But when it comes to Lala, and you guys, if you go back to my March episode, good people can do bad things sometimes. I talk about this. I talk about this because I find that all of them, except for Katie, I believe, and I'm not sure who's the, like, if there's another person in that group that has not cheated with uh, a friend of the group or just cheated in general, but maybe at the exception of Katie, I think that every single cast member of Vanderpump Rule, uh, Vanderpump Rules could extend some sort of compassion to Raquel. I truly do. Because they've all cheated on each other, with each other. They've all lied at some point in time. This girl is no different. Now, is it different to cheat with, you know, one of your best friend's men? Of course. I'm not denying that. But people need to stop acting as if like, oh, it depends, like cheating is okay in certain instances. No, you don't get to not take accountability for the times that you have sucked in your life just because it does not benefit you, benefit you in that instance, you know? And, you know, I've heard Bethany say something like, oh, you know, she does her little video. I have more about Bethany later on, guys, you know. I have more about her. But I've seen her talk about Raquel getting paid and securing the bag for next season and ask Bravo to basically, like, you know, um, give her a very, very, very large contract because she was used and abused on the show. And I understand where Bethany is coming from, but at the end of the day, I hope that Raquel does not return to the show. And I'm not saying that because I am a Raquel fan. I, I couldn't care less. I haven't watched the show uh, for so many seasons, but this is what I'm going to say. What I've seen on that stage, I've seen a girl that was um, very distraught, uh, broken. She was broken on that stage. You know, you, I'm surprised she didn't leave and didn't say that's enough. I have enough. I'm not going to take this. I think some sort, some part of her probably felt like I've done something so horrible. So I deserve all of these like things that they're saying to me, but I, I still wanted her to know that. No, you do not. You're a person who did a very bad thing, but you do not deserve to be called all of these names on internet on an international stage. And for Andy to just sit there and just like, you know, not put a stop to it and say, that's enough, guys. We're not going to like we're not doing this today. I thought that that was just really, really disgusting. You know, but I, I've said this before. I like Andy sometimes, but I really don't think he cares about like the people of the show like that. I always thought that that was just an illusion. You know, he's good. He's a businessman and he, he's, you know, he's doing entertainment, but it's, it's, all, it's at their expenses. You know, I don't know if they're realizing it yet. Now it's, it seems like there's a little bit of a movement started where people are like starting to question uh, what's going on behind the scenes. But anyways, 
I don't think that Andy has their best interests like that, right? So I think Raquel, at this point, the best thing that she could do would be to probably um, stay away from the show. Yeah, I think she should stay away from the show and take care of herself. She's still young. You know, you know what they say, today's newspaper wraps tomorrow's fish. So eventually people will forget about the story. She can have a new life. She can just have a new start. Uh, just let the dust settle. And um, I wouldn't I wouldn't go back. I wouldn't go back just to be like, you know, Bravo's whore at this point, like, you know, on the show right? Because that they're really exploiting the story in this girl. And I'm not sure if her mental health, um, you know, should be at stake just for more dollars. I think it was actually like terrible advice from Beth Bethany to tell you the truth. You hate me, you're like, I know what she is. I know what she is. I know what she is. I know. Jacqueline just reconfirmed everything I already believed about her. I knew about her. We were like, feel sorry for her. Feel sorry for her. Feel sorry for her. It wasn't about me. It was about what was right. You know, in this family, it's hard because you're expected to stick together, uh, right or wrong. I've been going to Nisha since I was pregnant with Christine. Dina used to work at Nisha Nails. When I first met her, she stocked shelves and was doing nails. But I'm not going to judge. Okay, guys, a lot of you have asked me um, privately what my opinion was about Dina, uh, Kenton, unfollowing all of the cast members. You know, I've said this before. I, I I knew Dina would do something like that at some point in time. And you know, every time I speak about Dina, people come for me. They come on my, like in my YouTube comments, I have people coming and just commenting and saying that I'm mean for talking about Dina after everything that has happened to her. It's like, I don't even understand why I receive those types of comments because I say absolutely nothing about what happened to Dina. Like, I don't make fun of it. I don't make light of it. I don't think it was deserved. I think it was atroc atrocious. I think it was wrong. I don't think that any woman, any person, especially Dina, like nobody deserves something like this, okay? So I don't even understand why people start the conversation with that. But just because something happened in your life, it doesn't mean that we cannot talk about the other things, right? I'm not talking about what happened to Dina at her house. I'm talking about other things. Like, I, I don't understand people's reasoning when it comes to that, right? Come at me if I say something mean about the girl and about her experience, but that's not what I've done. So I don't really understand why people come at me for that. But anyways, I'm going to speak about Dina. So if you don't like it, put it on mute. <laughs> So, yes, I thought that Dina would do that. And I've said this before. I've said that's what she does. You know, she says one thing, she does another. She always does that. She's done it with her sister at the beginning. And that was before everything that happened to her, right, with that situation. 
that was way before then because she used to say she was cool with Caroline and she wasn't cool with Caroline and she would tell the press all the time that everything was fine but it wasn't right and then eventually she went on Twitter or eventually she went on social media and she started kind of like spilling little bits of truths here and there that's what Dina does every single time so I'm not surprised that she unfollowed every single person except the kids see again it's like I'm gonna unfollow everyone so then she can say I don't need the drama I don't want the drama. I don't want to be involved, but I'm going to keep the kids. Like at the end of the day, she could unfollow all the kids too. Maybe she could just keep uh, Adriana because that's her goddaughter. So I understand. I would understand that. It would make more sense. And then she goes and comments. See, it's like nothing that Dina does online makes sense to me. Anyways, I find it's very wishy-washy. It's almost like she's, she likes to say, I don't want to be involved in the drama. But then she kind of like does little passive aggressive things online for people to continue to guess or wonder about her. So which one is it, right? Another thing about Dina um, that I wanted to talk about, you know, because somebody's actually slid into my DMs and said that uh, Dina went to... and. You know, that, that may be just some old stuff, but that Dina might have gone to Lauren, uh, Lauren Menzo's wedding to veto with Dave. I don't know, guys, if that's true or not. I did not watch Menzo with children. Um, maybe I'll just start watching the wedding or something like that. I don't know. But do you guys know that? Or is this like a true thing? Like, did, was, was Dave in attendance at that wedding? I'm just curious because... Um, you know, there's a lot of people have mixed feelings when it comes to that entire situation, right? They don't really seem to talk about it. And I, you know, I feel some sort of way to talk about that because Dave is not on the show and he's made it very clear that he doesn't want to really talk about that kind of stuff. But anyways, it's out there. Um, there's not much about Dave and that's okay. You know, he's not a reality star, but from what I've seen online he, he, I guess he used to be married to a woman uh her name was Melissa and I think he has two kids with her that are like young like maybe under 10 and uh at some point in time like you know he was separated from her like I think around like circa 2014 and then in 2015 he met Dina and then eventually he filed for divorce you know things happen in a relationship so um the only thing that I wonder is he moved all the way to the West Coast, and I think his kids are still on the East Coast. So uh, hopefully he gets to see them often, right? Because from what I understand, they're very young children. But anyways, um, it kind of got me, um, that whole comment about Dave attending Lauren's uh, wedding kind of got me curious. And I started watching season one and season two again of The Real Housewives in New Jersey. And, you know, there's an episode uh, after season one called The Last Supper. And I think that the, that's the director's cut because um, it shows the scene of, you know, like just the scene of Teresa flipping the table. And then it shows it in different angles. And then it plays it, plays again, rewind, like, you know, rewind, for, fast forward. So I think it's kind of just like a lost footage, special, like, edit of that uh, episode, The Last Supper, right? So anyways, at the end, um, Jacqueline and Caroline are talking. Caroline is upset because Jacqueline kind of stood, stood up for Danielle. And then at that point, um... Caroline says to Jacqueline, you should feel bad for Dina. You should feel bad for her because you know what she is. 
And then Jacqueline says something like, yeah, you know what she is. Your husband knows what she is. We all know what she is. I always wondered, what did they mean by that? What is Dina, right? Because Caroline's like, you should feel sorry for her. You know, you should feel bad for her because you know what she is. So then when season two starts, we see Danielle walk into a nail salon called Nisha. And then she's getting gossip from that nail technician girl that is basically telling, letting her know, letting Danielle know that Caroline is hosting like a sheriff event at her house. And then Danielle, you know how Danielle is, right? When Danielle makes her faces and she's basically trying to like she she's trying to look like she's holding back something, but she's basically saying it without saying it. Anyways, Danielle in her confessional, she is saying when I when I first met Dina, like when I met Dina for the first time, I was pregnant. I can't remember if she said if it was from like Christine or or Jillian, but anyways, it was a long time ago, right? And she and you have to remember that there's a I think a considerable age gap between Danielle and Dina. So um, anyways, Danielle says when she first met Dina, she was pregnant and Dina was stocking shelves and Dina was also working as a nail tech. And then she says, I'm not one to judge. And she looks like she's holding back something. So I don't know if it just didn't make the edit or if she actually spills the bean to the, the producer that is interviewing her at that point. But we don't get to see the rest of what she's trying to say because she says, I'm not one to judge. So I don't know what Danielle is trying to say. But if I were to put the pieces together, I would say that Danielle was implying that Dina was working, you know, was an employee, uh, a young employee at that point, which is fine. Like you're supposed to just, you know, work. But then I guess she worked her way up to getting married to the big boss because her first husband actually owned Nisha, the nail place. And her first husband, that's Lexi's dad. So, um, I was wondering if people had some insight when it comes to this, because Danielle said this, and then Caroline said to Jacqueline, you should feel sorry for her. Right. And then there's other people that are alleging online that, you know, it may that it may have not been so like as kosher as they're trying to make it seem like her relationship with her third husband, like Dave. Right. So anyways, I just thought I would say that on to the Wakilis now, the Wakilis. Am I the only one that thinks that Kathy and Teresa may have made up secretly? I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised, guys, because I don't know why I'm getting this feeling, but I knew that, you know, I knew it would be the next chest move, right? Because if you really think about it, Jacqueline has made up with Teresa and Jacqueline, like in her million interviews that she gave, she was saying that, you know, she is still very friendly with Kathy and she was saying that Kathy felt some sort of way about the way that the Gorgas handled the entire situation, yada, yada, yada. So then I was just like, oh, okay, there you go. J uh, Jacqueline is probably going to try again to just mend, you know, things between Teresa and Kathy right? At some point in time, they're probably just going to put the blame on Melissa and then they're, they'll have a reason to just reunite, right? As cousins. So, and then we also have like Joe Judice who did an interview with David, uh, David Yontef 
at some point in time. And then Joe was saying that he was open to reuniting with Richie or to having a drink with him in the Bahamas when he comes down or something like that. At first, guys, if you recall, I was saying, oh, you know, that's great, right? Like, that's great that Joe is open to doing that. But then the more I thought about it, and I think I went on the mic to say that, um, I was just like, oh, hold on a second. This might be a calculated move, right? Because that might mean that Teresa is open to reconciling with her cousin, but she wants Joe to do it first, right? Um because Teresa apparently has a lot of pull still on Joe Judas. He even admit, admits to, to that in that interview with David. Um, he says that Kathy and Richie wanted to meet up with him right after he came out of uh, ICE and was deported to Italy. But because uh, they, they also happened to have been in Italy back then. And then uh, Teresa reached out to Joe and said, don't you dare. Don't you dare meet with them. So when they called to say, hey, do you want to meet up? Joe didn't pick up the phone because Teresa was not comfortable with it. So I wouldn't be surprised if Teresa said, yeah, maybe you should have a, maybe you should have a drink with Richie, you know, maybe you should make things nice with him. And then maybe I'll talk to my cousin later on, because if you really think about it, who is Teresa going to film? Teresa doesn't have her brother. Teresa doesn't have Melissa. Ter Teresa doesn't have anyone. So Especially if they start filming in August and if we see, I don't know, Halloween and the holidays, which would be great because I love Christmas. It's my favorite season and uh, I love Christmas in New Jersey. It's all, it's always awesome, right? And brings a lot of, uh, you know, beautifulness and drama as well. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised that, you know, Teresa might be like, hey, maybe it would be nice to have like my cousin, you know, come over for Christmas and we do Christmas together, like reunited. That would be good TV, right? I could see that. I could see that happening. And I don't know why I wouldn't be surprised because you know what they say. You know, it's a classic case of an enemy of my enemy is a friend of mine. That's really what it is, you know. And to be honest, you know, Kathy, she, she, she's a good person. You know what I mean? I have nothing against Kathy in the sense that she was good when she was on TV, but she wasn't wow. But she was good. She was good when she was like the, the drama between her and Teresa was good. However, I truly believe that Kathy Wakili is a good person, right? I'm not sure. If Teresa is being, if they are reconciling, I don't know how truthful that would be. Let me just say that. Okay. Because I find like at this point I have to wreck it. Like the writing is on the wall. It's like, what are the chances that every time that Teresa has like, you know, a problem with her sister-in-law, she reunites with people, not just with her sister-in-law. Whenever she has problems with someone, she finds someone from the past to reunite with. And she's done this with Danielle, right? Cause she was at odds with Jacqueline and she was hoping that Danielle would come back on the show this season that Jacqueline, the last season that Jacqueline was on. And if you guys don't believe me, this is not my own assumption. Teresa says this herself out of her own mouth at the reunion. She says to Jacqueline, I was hoping for Danielle to come back so she could come after you. Right. So that was her motive. And then when Danielle was not serving her anymore, she dropped her just like that. Right. And then now I, I have a feeling that, that that might be what she's trying to do with Kathy if they have reunited. I, I don't think it would be smart smart for Kathy to fully trust Teresa on that one. Even at some point, which season was it? Was it season five 
or four. I think it was season five. Anyways, after, like, you remember everybody didn't want to film with Teresa. Everybody was mad at her. Caroline was mad at her. Um, Jacqueline was mad at her. And then, you, oh, yeah, after the whole deck incident, right, when Jacqueline and Teresa went at it and then Caroline came and then Teresa felt ambushed, I think the next day she called Kathy and said, hey, you want to meet me for breakfast some, somewhere? And then they went for brunch. And then she said, yeah, let's be a family. I need you. I need my family. Let's do it, right? And then Kathy was just like, oh, I haven't really seen this Teresa in a long time. I wonder what happened. And then Teresa says to her, well, you know, Jacqueline and Caroline, I have a falling out with them and I have no one. And then Kathy's like, oh, that's why she called because she needs somebody in her corner. That's not fair. I feel like that would be the exact same thing. If she did that, if she reunited with Kathy, I think that Kathy would have to uh, proceed with caution in that case, right? Because it's it's really just to get back at, at Melissa. It wouldn't be sincere. That's what I think. <laughs> because I want to like become best friends so that's my only hesitation so I've been a wreck all weekend because I don't want to like open up a door I also don't want to be ratted out in the press and I don't want to live in like stupid cheesy magazine headlines like I want to do this right the last time I saw Joe was on a plane it was clean it was nice and she asked me for something right after to go to an event to go to something and like that's my fear like I don't want to go to anything I don't want to hawk gift bags I just want it to be like we know each other and it's good and this is good for you too because you wouldn't be here if it weren't I'm doing this because everybody wants it the only person who can give it to them is me okay guys that was Bethany um if you have oh by the way I have to say um credits to um by wig hello drama for that little piece of audio on instagram so um that's the content creator person who posted it so i have to say guys if you have listened to my podcast last week i do talk about this and although i would like to act like i'm so surprised i'm not um totally expected i was expecting this from bethany um, after watching the interview last week, you, you guys know how I feel about the whole thing. Uh, at first, I was happy to see them reunite. But then, you know, when I was listening to the interview, it felt like Bethany really wanted to be right and was interrupting Jill quite a bit during that interview. And, you know, she was trying to direct the, the conversation and it felt really like produced. Like it, it's almost like Bethany was being like a producer of her own reality and her own truth or how, however she wanted the truth to appear to the public. Right. So, uh, I can't say that I'm surprised, you know, um, even on YouTube, I've been seeing like, you know, she has released clips of, um, everything that took place prior to them starting to tape the podcast. And it's like this grand, um, it's like a grand event, event, right? She sends a car for Jill and Jill is in the car. And then it's like this big movie production, you know, like for this reunion that we're supposed to see. I know some people might just be like, oh, why are you being so negative when it comes to this? Like, that's just my opinion, guys, right? Because I tend to believe that, you know, when you really have um, a deep conversation that you need to have with a friend or someone that you valued at some point in time, um, it, you know, at some point in time, like 13 years ago, let's say, right? Um, 
you know, there's a part of me that felt like maybe that conversation should have happened private privately, maybe not just with like millions of people listening, right? And you know, I'm not gonna lie, I'm happy that I was able to listen to the conversation. But I'm just saying that, you know, just think about yourself, right? If you have something that you need to hash out with a friend, you're not gonna do it with like the peanut gallery or like, you know, you're not gonna do it with like a whole bunch of people. You're gonna do that privately, you know? But it was this big production and it feel it felt very produced. Um, and now that she's releasing like little bits and pieces of, you know, the gift bags and she has her waiting for her, like she's treating like Jill, like this very important guest. Right. And it's like, it feels more like something that you would see in a movie than in reality. Because if I'm calling you over at my house to, to talk about the past or to hash things out, I'm not just going to have you wait for me in a different room, in a separate room or in a separate house while while I'm like talking to other people and be like okay what's her reaction about this and what's her reaction about that and is she happy that she loved the house like you know what I mean it just feels very produced it's almost as if like Bethany is auditioning like for her own reality tv uh show or youtube series I don't know if that's the direction where she's going and if if, if that's what she's doing that's fine you know I'm not against it but I'm just saying like it doesn't need to be at other people's expense um, because to me, and I said that last week, I felt like Jill's approach to the meeting felt more genuine to me than it did for Bethany. I felt like Jill um, appeared to be sincere in her answers, um, that she really was kind of like waiting for an opportunity to finally speak one-on-one -on -one with Bethany. And it might not just like, you know, it, it might have never been what Bethany really wanted. Like, I feel like there's a person online, I've seen a comment, someone said, you know, maybe it's it has to do with that whole New York revamp, you know, with the new ladies and new cast members. It's like a fresh cast, young cast. There's none of the OGs in, in, in that franchise right now. So maybe Bethany was looking for an opportunity to just capitalize on that and just expose her show even more. And it's like publicity for herself. And that could have been done at Jill's expense, right? Because now she's releasing that statement and she's saying that, you know, I've been a wreck all week. And mind you, like that was kind of like, um, I guess before she met up with Jill, but nevertheless, she had those fears and concerns. She was just like, I'm not necessarily looking to have a friendship with her. I'm not necessarily looking to have my name in all the tabloids or like for Jill to like, you know, smear me or like kind of like tell my secrets and all of this. I just want us to be like kind of like cool, like we have no beef and that's fine, right? So it's like at the end of the day, if that's all you wanted to really achieve from that, I felt like they were already there. Like I'm pretty sure that if, you know, without that meeting, without that podcast, if Jill ran into Bethany, it would have just been like, hi, Bethany, how are you? How are you doing? How's Bren? And how's life? Okay, wishing you well. See you later. Like, I don't feel like there's this um, animosity between them anymore. So I don't, if that was the goal, then the podcast was not um, necessary because I felt like they were already there. Now it's starting to look more like a media circus. And it's like, who does that? It's like, Bethany, some aspects of your life, some of them, yes, for the public, but some of them you have to keep to yourself. You know what I mean? Not everything that you think you need to say. And 
I, I just can't help to to wonder how Jill feels about that now. <laughs> now that she's re- releasing these little clips and saying, oh, I'm not really looking for like a friendship with her, right? And it kind of makes the whole thing about the funeral even more questionable because, like I said, I felt like, you know, Jill was maybe truthful um, in her approach to, um, you know, when she met with Bethany. But, you know, Bethany was like, oh, that's disgusting. I did not know this. I did not know that. I'm sure to certain, like, maybe some aspects of it she did not know. But I think Bethany was maybe acting for the camera a little bit. Like, I don't know, guys. That's my opinion. Like, I know the Bethany fans are not really going to be happy with me for saying that. But that's what I'm feeling when it comes to this. Because if you guys recall, um, even Carol, you know, Carol and Bethany used to be very close. And there's a lot of that that they did not necessarily show on the, sh- uh, on the show when Carol was there. But I remember Carol, who usually, who's usually very calm and composed and kind of just, like, easy to get along with... Um, that season, she was just not having it with Bethany. The, like you could tell that there was something going on that she could not necessarily like talk about or maybe production were not allowing her to break the fourth wall. And that probably stems from the fact that, you know, Carol said that Bethany used to have access to a group, sh- a group chat that only producers and executives um, had access to. So basically, Bethany was on that group chat and she was aware of everything that had taken place in every scene. So whenever she would walk into a scene, they like, you know, they would have leaked that information to her because she was on that group text. So she would know what somebody said, uh, what somebody did, and she knew exactly how to manipulate it or like to her own advantage. So obviously, if you're a cast member, you wouldn't think that that's very fair and understandably. So I don't know. I don't know how much of Bethany is real anymore. I feel like Bethany is very much, like I said last week, into herself. Uh, it's all about that alternate constructed reality. Um, and I, I, I just think it's a little sad for Jill. If Jill had high hopes, um, you know, to, to, to really reconcile and develop a new friendship with Bethany, I'm not sure it's really reciprocated uh, on the other side. So I don't know. Okay, guys, we have to talk about the interview that is on everyone's lips right now. And of course, no one other than Miss Nini Leakes was on Carlos King this week. And what an interview it was. It was such a great interview. I was so happy to see Nini on Carlos King's. And I have to say that Nini looked absolutely gorgeous. She looked beautiful. Seriously, I thought the woman looked phenomenal. And I don't know if it um if it was by coincidence or, you know, if it was meant to be that way, but if you guys recall when we saw Nini last at the last reunion with the ladies, she was wearing white. All of the ladies were wearing white. You know, her last season on the show, her last reunion where things turned completely sour, Andy was being kind of like a little bit of a, you know what? shithead I will say and he muted her a few times and all of that and she was trying to defend herself and he was not necessarily giving her the floor but anyways all of the ladies were wearing white and that's the last time that we have seen Nini on our tv screens um in the context of the real housewives anyways right so I was wondering if she wore white intentionally in her interview with Carlos King 
I have to wonder that. But anyways, I don't know if it was a coincidence. I don't know if it was um, intentional. But I have to say Nini looked absolutely beautiful. And I was here for it. Like seriously. Like I don't know if you guys remember. Kenya made a comment about Nini's look that season. And uh, I have to say that Kenya has to eat those words back. Because Nini looked great. Great, great, great. I still cannot wrap my head around the fact that Nini is no longer part of that franchise. Uh, for me, she was the show. She was the reason why I watch. And it's not to say that Nini is right all the time, but she was a multifaceted, a multifaceted character on the show. And I thought she brought the most. She was funny. She was shady. She could be mean at times. And she had it all. <laughs> She had it all. Like, to me, Nini's the GOAT. She is the GOAT. Not just of the Real Housewives of Atlanta, but of Housewives, like, all together, right? So, her presence is definitely missed. Some people may not agree with me, but I've said it before. Nini is my all-time favorite when it comes to the Real Housewives franchise. So, anyways. And, you know... Did um, <laughs> I thought it was quite funny. Like she was singing that song. What's going on? Was it the song that was in Belly? In be Belly with uh, DMX? Uh, where that beautiful girl is like walking. I can't remember which part of the movie it was. But anyways, I like that song. I thought it was great that she was singing that. But whoa, what an interview. Nini did not hold back. She answered every single question. And I was thinking, wow, Nini is so forthcoming and she's holding nothing back. You could tell. She told Carlos, I was not ready to do any interviews. A lot of people wanted to have me. A lot of people wanted for me to spill my truth. And I kept on saying, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. But she finally called Carlos, you know, and she said, you know what? I'm ready. I'm ready now. I'm going to do the interview. And they had the interview in person. She was just like, I'm not having the the interview over Zoom. Like, you know, I'm NeNe Leaks and we're going <laughs> to we're going to do this in person. So you guys, if you have not listened to the interview, it's part one. OK, NeNe talks about everything, like everything in part one. And I'm assuming that part two, which is going to be released August 1st, uh, she's probably going to get into Bravo because that's kind of how they ended the interview. They started talking about her lawsuits. So I guess uh, in part two, we'll learn a little bit more about, you know, her reasons for filing, uh, where she's at with the lawsuit, everything behind the scenes with Bravo and probably Andy. I'm sure she'll probably say things about Andy as well. Right. So anyways, um, but Nini talks a, a lot about, you know, she talks about her friendship with Cynthia on the show and she talks about, you know, being a big personality and having a big personality and people just assuming that you're always the person doing, you know, the negative stuff in the friendship because you're the loud one, you know, because you come across a certain way. And what Nini was saying was that, you know, everybody thought that Cynthia was just like this little fly, you know, that like couldn't hurt anyone or couldn't say anything shady. But Nini has said several times on the show, Cynthia can read, not read, but read. <laughs> and to be honest with you, I love Cynthia. Like, I think she's good. Like she was good. Like, you know, her first few seasons, they were kind of just blah. But then eventually she grew into her character. And I have to say she was a great housewife too when she was on the show so but I always felt 
what Nini said. Like, you know, I always felt that Cynthia probably had a side to her that we did not know about because she was just not supposed, like production probably didn't want her to be that character, right? So I, I'm sure there's some truth to that. And I'm sure at some point in time, we'll hear from Cynthia and her version of things as well, right? And then they go into talking about friendship, Peter, and um, Nini's ex, Naomi. So I guess they're not together anymore. And then Nini is speaking kindly of him, but at the same time saying that he's a little bit of like, you know, he likes the camera too, right? So I thought that was very interesting. I haven't really followed their relationship, although I know what he looks like and I've seen them at events like, you know, together on social media. So, you know, it's sad to know that she's no longer with him, but you know, maybe he was just supposed to be there for a specific reason and maybe that reason was to carry her through her you know grieving greg at that point right because you know greg was Nini's husband for many many years and he passed away a few years ago so um so was it a year ago a couple years ago i can't remember but it's it's still fairly re recent and she also talks about you know brent and his recent arrest and she's talking about everything and you guys know i talk about it in my last episode i say i don't understand why like what people expect for nini to do he is a grown man uh, i'm sure she has shown him right from wrong um, and like Nini was saying on the podcast, he is a person with an, with an addiction, right? So that comes with its sets of problems. And she's trying to, like, she's working really hard to get him the help that he needs. And uh, I thought that that was very interesting when she said that guy, John, um, <laughs> was it John? Yeah, John, John, that Italian guy that we saw when Nini and Greg broke up at some point in time that guy that she met on Celebrity Apprentice he wasn't on Celebrity Apprentice but she she met him through uh, I think he was like a vendor or like something like that at some point <clears throat> so she met him through the show and uh, obviously I guess they have maintained some sort of friendship because as soon as he heard um, of uh, uh, Bryson I, I can't say Brent now <laughs> poor Brent <laughs> can't say Brent Bryson's legal holes um he called Nini and said and offered his help and said that he would put him in a facility and pay for it and apparently Lamar Odom uh the ex-basketball player offered to do the same thing so I thought that was really good and it seems like Nini is uh, surrounded by people that care about her which is important in the, in in times like these right so another thing that I wanted to talk to you guys about, <laughs> and I'm going to leave you on that, right? Nini was talking about, you know, she was talking about everyone and she was talking about the cast and she's talking about Kim, Kim Zosiak Bierman. And then she kind of started talking about Big Papa. And then Nini said, hi, hi, Lee. That's what she said. And then I was like, oh my gosh, did she say hi, Lee? And um, 
Carlos King. Oh, and I have to say before I go any further, Carlos, he did such a great interview. You know, sometimes I say things about Carlos on my podcast. It's never that serious, but I always say sometimes, oh, you can be biased. But, you know, it's all in good fun. It's not serious like that. But I have to say that interview, he asked all of the right questions. And obviously, he's a professional, so he knows what he's doing, right? But uh, I felt like he really went there with Nini. And you could tell that... that was the right person to pick because they have such like a deep chemistry, like a deep connection to each other, right? You could tell that uh, Carlos adores Nini and vice versa, right? So so I think that um, the fact that he was able to go there and get so much out of her, like to me, just solidifies that she picks the right person to do this interview. But anyways, back to Big Papa. Uh, (laughs) Nini said... Hi, Lee. And some people on my social media have asked me, who is Lee? Who is that person? Because I have posted that picture. Now that Nini said his name, I was just like, okay, so I guess it is really Lee Najjar, right? Lee Najjar, this real estate mogul, and I think he did a few, um, you know, reality shows about his home in the past or something like that. So anyways, um, you could you could tell that Carlos was not speaking. He did not like he probably knows who Big Papa was or is, but uh, he didn't say anything. But he just had like this kind of like uncomfortable look on his face. So I guess that Nini said it. Um, it was the worst kept secret in Atlanta that Kim's Big Papa was Lena Jar, and Lena Jar. Um, was married, was married and is still married to his wife, um, Kim. Her name is Kimberly as well. How convenient, right? You have your wife named Kimberly and then you have your <laughs> your other woman named Kim. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's easy to remember, right? And you could always, you're not lying. You're saying, oh, I'm with Kim. Oh, this is Kim, right? So anyways, the reason why I'm bringing it up, I'm bringing Lee up is because if you go online, uh, people have been asking a question when it comes to Big Papa. And I've seen pictures circulating because Big Papa, Lena Jar, has two children with his wife, Kimberly. And obviously, at some point in time, I'm sure they were having a little bit of a rocky relationship because Big Papa was with Kim on Housewives, right? So um, anyways, they worked things out. They are still married and very well together. But there has been, I've seen pictures online of people um, comparing pictures of Kim's first daughter, Brielle, with Lena Jar's daughter with his wife. I am sorry, I can't remember what her name is, but I know she is very active on social media. She has lots of followers. Like I think she's some sort of influencer amongst other things. But anyways... Um, a lot of people have been posting a picture of um, Brielle and Lee's daughter. And people are saying that they actually look like each other. So I have to say, though, that, you know, I wouldn't go by that picture. Like, I wouldn't go by a picture of Brielle today and Lena Jar's daughter today. Because, you know, we know that Brielle has had, like, you know some 
tweaking done to her face. So I feel like anyone that puts like, you know, lip injections and that kind of stuff, they can end up looking like whoever they want to look like. Right. So I don't think that that's a fair representation. However, what I did do was, uh, I, I, I looked at, um, a picture of Brielle before she had all of the, um, you know, tweaking done to her face. And, um, I've actually looked at a picture of Brielle when she was young, right on the show. Cause she was on the show and, uh, I've looked at a picture of Lee, not at, not of Lee's daughter, but of Lee. Right. And I have to say that I'm not saying that this is what it is, but I have to say that there is a resemblance between Brielle's old look, you know, former look and Lee Najjar's um, face. You know, I'm talking about those dimples, something about the eyes, something about the jaw. Like there's a lot of similarities there. So I don't know because... You know, when we were watching uh, Housewives back then, you know, when the show had strong storylines and when people were really filming about their lives, um, there was a lot of comments made about Kim and Big Papa and all of that. And Kim used to say, she used to say like things that were kind of a little odd because she would say like, people think that Big Papa just comes to my house and we just do the do and then he just leaves and then that's it, right? But she, she used to say, you don't know what my situation is with Papa. I remember her saying that over and over again to lots of people, different women, people that came at her, you know, in a judgmental way because they were just like, well, you are with a man that is technically married, right? It doesn't matter what he says to you. At the end of the day, he still has a wife and you're, you're with him too, right? So, you know, I'm not judging Kim when it comes to that. I'm just saying that that's what was being said back, back then, but... Kim used to say, you guys don't know what my situation with Papa is. You don't know. And when we spend time together, he spends time with the kids, with my girls. Like, my girls are very close to him, right? So, I don't know. I can only speculate, but, you know, at the end of the day... You know, I wouldn't speak about them because like if they were little, little, like I wouldn't speak about them. But, you know, they're adults now and we don't really know. Uh, I, I'm sure Kim's mom at some point in time has alluded to something like that as well. But uh, it just got me thinking. I was just like, huh, that's uh, that's interesting because people have been posting this online. So obviously there's something out there and I don't know if there's any truth to it. You know, everything that I'm saying here is alleged, but. If you guys go and try to look at a picture of Brielle when she was young and look at a picture of Lena Jar today, you will see some similarities between the two, right? And that may explain um, why he did so much for her. You know what I mean? Because, you know, guys, things happen in life sometimes. And I'm just speculating here. Um, I'm just saying, you know, let's say he was her dad, her father. Um, maybe he would never let Kim completely crash and burn, right? Maybe that's the reason why she had the townhouse and maybe that's the reason why she had, you know, the big car and all of that stuff and that he was funding 
her life like that. Maybe it's because, you know, they have more than just like a hot relationship. Maybe they had a child. Things like that happen. You know, it wouldn't be so far-fetched. There's people in my life that this has happened to, right? Uh, they didn't have a big papa paying the big bucks, but, <laughs> you know, like it has happened. I'm just saying something that is totally plausible, right? I don't know what you guys think, but... Anyways, when it comes to the whole housewife thing, Nini was talking. You know what? One thing that surprised me too during that interview, Nini said how much they were making on the show, like season one, how much they made, season two. I think she said like something like $10,000 and then season two was not much and then season three and eventually they kind of just rallied up together, her, Sheree, Kim, and they asked for more money and it was like something like $100,000 that they made that year, like season four. I didn't know Bravo was so cheap. And I, I also remember at some point in time, even I think I, I heard Teresa. 